You've tried the new Bud Light Seltzer, and if you haven't, go and get it the next time you're doing a provisions run from your home. Otherwise, of course, stay home. But when you do have it, taste it. I think you'll find it's just as good, or if not better, probably better than all the other seltzers. Bud Light Seltzer is 5% alcohol, only 100 calories, and it tastes great. And also new from Bud Light is Bud Light Lemonade. It's premium light lager made with real lemonade for a refreshingly crisp taste. Bud Light reminds you to please stay home to keep you and others safe. Bud Light Seltzer and Bud Light Lemonade both taste just as good hanging out on the couch or having virtual happy hour with your friends. To get beer delivered to your door, head to drizzly.com, D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com, and first-time users can use the promo code BUDLIGHT, that's one word, at checkout for $5 off. Some state restrictions apply. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We're coming to you from our homes as per usual. I feel like I just need to state that at the top of every podcast I do just to be clear that we're taking this very seriously. I just want that to be incredibly clear. We are social distanced. We are connected via the computer and the internet and the virtual community of Jam Session, which is robust. And I've been a I've been proud to be a part of for like many years now. How are you feeling about the podcasting from home, Juliet? Um, you know, since I was sick last year, I've quite a bit of experience with it and I like it. I feel like I found my rhythm, found my groove and I, I enjoy it. I prefer to do it in person, but I also like can have an unlimited number of beverages around me when I am doing it from home, which is a real plus. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I don't like video chatting, like in general, like I obviously like the connection, but like, I don't like FaceTiming. I do Marco Polo with my friends. I have for a long time where you send like selfies of yourself. Do you know about Marco Polo, Amanda? No, I I was raising my hand because I don't know what Marco Polo is. (laughs) It's basically like a video messaging app, but it's easy for groups. And so Mm -hmm. you just do like a selfie video. And then if you're in a group, it goes to everyone in the group and you can like have reactions and stuff. I keep getting notifications that people are joining. So it's clearly very popular at this time, but I've been doing it with my friends, Steph and Catherine for a while. And like, I just hate how I look in selfie videos. So I don't like the like selfie view of myself, but other than that, I, I like the podcasting from home. How do you feel about it? I don't have as much experience with it as you do. And so I've been having to get used to it. I, at the beginning, especially was incredibly self-conscious. I think just because I am just like in a room talking, you know, even like right now I'm listening to it and I'm a little bit like, oh no, is, is the echo too bad? And if it is, I'm really sorry, everybody, we're doing what we can, but also I'm just like talking to an empty room. And sometimes my husband, I can see him like a dart out of the closet where he's hiding while I podcast, but I feel bad about that. Also, I'm getting more used to it. The video chatting is interesting. Have you been doing any of like the happy hours or the, you know, the, the FaceTime or group chat gatherings with people? My friend Caitlin, her birthday was yesterday. And so she did like a Zoom for her birthday, which was very sweet. I really, I enjoyed it. And people love Caitlin. It was very crowded. Um, happy birthday Caitlin so I done that and then I'm gonna do one with my camp friends but that's kind of it I don't know I've also I've done a couple and I really like them because again you know you got to talk to people somehow but 
I do, I get really distracted by the technology. I just, there was a whole incident with like trying to FaceTime in a group on my computer on Saturday night. And that became very stressful. And then I updated my computer in order to be able to group FaceTime. And I got to tell you, that was a disaster because the update broke my computer. So then that was a whole thing. So the technological aspects of it, I guess I'm just old as shit is what I'm saying. And I'm not looped in on this, but I'm getting used to it. I like the impromptu FaceTime, honestly, better than a scheduled one. Like, I'm happy when one of my friends FaceTimes me, like, Jacoby FaceTime me asking for some TV recommendations. Um, I just had, like, a random one last Saturday with like, a group one with some some friends in L.A. Like, I don't know. I like the impromptu ones better, but I but who, who knows? It's all – everything is very much in flux. The, well, the one thing I will say, it's the only place I feel safe is at home. So it's nice to be podcasting because we're at home. <laughs> Yes, that is true. We're doing the responsible thing, at least. And I hope that everyone else who's listening, who is able to stay at home, is doing that and that everyone who's listening is as safe as possible. And once again, that we can provide a little distraction because you know what? This is stressful. It really, it really, really is. And also, like, every day is different. Like, yesterday, I felt like I was, like, basically melting down for the entire day. But today, I'm fine. I'm just like, okay, here we go. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I feel like I'm also sharing a lot more about myself on these podcasts because I, I don't have other people to talk to. So here we yeah, are. Yeah, or there, are, there aren't really any events. So it's just all of us talking about our feelings all the time. There is a lot of sharing. And I, I we're just going really into like deep psychological territory right now, but whatever. <laughs> what else are we going to talk about? One thing I have found, it's, I mean, it's been really nice. I've talked to a lot of friends I have been in contact with like close friends and we've been doing some of those happy hours and like the group chats are like group chatting. Um, And I've also kind of, you know, had a little more time and heard from friends who I don't keep in touch with as much on a regular basis, which is really, really nice. But there are moments where I just find like the volume of communication specifically on my phone to be really overwhelming. And this is like introvert Amanda showing through in a big way, but I look and I suddenly have like 60 text messages, which is not that I'm popular. I'm not popular. I don't, and I'm not that good at communicating. It's just that people are communicating at such a volume and I get why. And I am also doing it and benefiting from it. But sometimes I'm just like, Oh my God, I, this is, there's so much stimuli. I know people, people want to be in touch, which is nice. I appreciate it. Thanks to all, all of our friends who have texted us. Yeah, I'm not saying don't text me. I'm just saying every day is a real roller coaster and you don't know how you're going to respond to stuff. It's true. Today, at least, is positive. Let's uh, talk about some celebrity news. I just want to note for everyone that you're wearing a blue and white striped shirt, and I assume it's a tribute to Dakota Johnson, who we discussed last week. I got to be honest, this is one of two shirts that I've been wearing. I, I just want to say in terms of, in terms of fashion, I have not worn pants in two weeks now, aside from like yoga pants. But even that I haven't really been wearing, I'm wearing, you can't see it. I'm wearing jean shorts and really cool fuzzy orange slippers that my husband got me for Valentine's day. Shout out to him. I wear this shirt and I wear another striped shirt. And those are like my, I got a meeting or I have like work and I got to look professional. This is it. This is cool. all you're getting. I like it. I'm wearing um okay. a, a Lululemon sweatshirt that I got for free. That's also like cropped, but like not like cool TikTok teen cropped. Just sort of like actually a, looks looks good cropped. I think at least anyway. And thanks to Lululemon for the sweatshirt. Um, okay, let's talk about celebrities. First of all, we have to address the feud that will not die: Taylor Swift versus Kim and Kanye West. And this feud was revived four years later 
we kid you not, because Taylor Swift feels she's been vindicated. Yeah. So I was taken back to our end of the decade jam session podcast Mm -hmm. when we talked about things that we'd like to leave behind in the last decade. And this was the number one thing that we'd like to leave behind in this last decade. I think it was like the the first thing that came to our minds, the things that we felt. Number one with a bullet. And, you know, I will say that my perspective on the world at the end of 2019 and right now has changed. And I was probably not taking some things as seriously as I should have. That said, still wish we weren't a part of this. And I think what's really interesting is that Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian, who are the two people who have commented on it, have both used that reasoning in their comments. Now, they've still commented, so we should talk about that. But basically, the original unedited video of Kanye calling Taylor Swift about the song Famous and his references to Taylor Swift in the song Famous leaked. And it's like the full video instead of the Snapchat, you know, clips that Kim Kardashian posted. And it's, and it's a video of Kanye in the studio and he has Taylor Swift on speakerphone and it's like 25 minutes. And for some reason, four years later, that was put on the internet. And then Taylor responded on Instagram and then Kim Kardashian took to Twitter late Monday night to respond to Taylor's response. So who do you, do we have a sense of who leaked this? No, I think, I think the prevailing thoughts on the internet is that someone who was like mad at Kim Kardashian basically to like, or, or Kanye West. Like it's someone trying to make them look like villains of some kind though, as we will note, are they really villains? Like, I don't, I don't know, but that we don't know who leaked it, but it seems like someone who had some kind of issue with them. Right. And it doesn't really like prove Taylor's point, but it does make it clear that Kanye does not ask her or inform her that he will be calling her a bitch and saying, I made this bitch famous. And that's right. That's the heart of it. The heart of it is not that that's that. Yeah, that's it. Like basically she's always contended that he did call her at first. She was like, I wish to be excluded from this narrative. I was not informed that about this song. And then Kim released the clip that showed their conversation. Um, but it Taylor has always said that he didn't tell her that he was going to say, I made this bitch famous. And the full edited video confirms that. That's kind of the crux of it, right? Yes. Yes. That's the crux of it. She also points out that the video itself was taken illegally, which... I believe if it's recorded in the state of California, it was because California yes. is a two-party consent state with recording just for your personal needs at home, though consult your lawyer. I'm not one. Um, and yeah, and I think also Taylor kind of as the the story or the feud went on, was talking about how the lyric itself made her uncomfortable and she just kind of felt like she didn't really have a full picture of the situation. And I will say I didn't watch this whole video because it's 25 minutes long. And I will tell you, I do not have 25 minutes of time to give to Kanye West rambling about Steve Jobs at Nike ever, but particularly in this moment, I just, I, I don't, I have all the time in the world now because I don't leave my house and I still don't have 25 minutes for this. But you know, it is interesting to listen to the full conversation and it just as a, as a social study, their interactions, he is definitely doing full Kanye speech and she's on the other end of the line being like, oh, I don't know what's happening. And I am trying to, you know, she's trying to be polite, I guess. And also 
or manage a relationship, which is different than polite. And they do talk about kind of how they both got the response that both of them got to the VMAs incident, which I, I think is kind of interesting. They're both aware of their branding and stuff, but you can hear her discomfort or her uh, bewilderment, I guess, yeah. at this situation. Which doesn't justify everything that comes afterwards from either side. I mean, what this made clear to me, I was, is just like, we, why are we talking about this? Why are we still talking about this? This got so far away from the original thing. So far yeah, away totally. from it. And then, and then um, Kim Kardashian is like, why are we talking about this? But then she goes on a tweet storm and she talks about it. Let's, yeah. And this is what you alluded to last night. She starts it by saying, Taylor Swift has chosen to reignite an old exchange that at this point in time feels very self-serving given the suffering millions of real victims are facing right now. I didn't feel the need to comment a few days ago, and I'm actually really embarrassed and mortified to be doing it right now because she continues to speak on it. I feel I'm left without a choice but to respond because she's actually lying. And it's like, you know what? You are not left without a choice, Kim Kardashian West, but so be it. We all do not want to be involved. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. And it goes on for many more tweets, many more. And, and then she says, I just want to add this one to add Kanye as an artist has every right to document his musical journey and process, just like she recently did through her documentary. All right, Ms. Kim Kardashian, who's going to law school, that's not going to hold up in a court of law. No. In terms of the legal ramifications of releasing a recording, which is actually, by the way, Kim is liable as much as Kanye, but that's a totally. different story that I'm, sh- I'm also, sure that her law degree will sort out for her. You know, I, I can't say with complete certainty because I'm not involved in the production of Miss Americana, but I feel very confident in saying that everyone in it signed a release willing to be in it and whatnot. But and then the other piece of this that I think we have to note, because I know you love to talk about her is another person who weighed in on this last night is Taylor Swift's publicist, Tree Payne, who's also in Miss Americana. I didn't see this, but oh. I'm very pleased to know that Tree is part of this narrative again. Here's what Tree tweeted last night. I'm Taylor's publicist, and this is my all caps, unedited original statement, because Kim also um, referenced Tree in her, in her uh, Twitter storm. By the way, when you take parts out, that's editing. P.S. Who did you guys piss off to leak that video? Crying, laughing emoji times three. Um, and then she, she, this is the statement. Kanye did not call Taylor for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric. I made that bitch famous. And that was in response to Kim saying, to be clear, the only issue I ever had around the situation was that Taylor lied through her publicist who stated that Kanye never called to ask for permission. They clearly spoke. So I let you all see that. No one ever denied the word bitch was used without her permission. So Tree was just like looking for a slam dunk. I'm not sure I would say it is a slam dunk, but Tree Payne, welcome back. I also have to say, I don't really like everyone's so in the weeds here that no one's winning. And it's just Everyone is a total loser to the point that they are both in their statements. You know, Taylor, when she posted about it, did a lot of passive aggressive commentary and then donate, you know, link to place where you could donate to um, support people who are affected by coronavirus. So and Kim Kardashian, her statements is like, this doesn't even matter right now. But here are like eight tweets that I'm going to tell you about my really nitty gritty side of the story. How about not, guys? How about rise above? How about do something other than this, it's 100% in your power to just not 
talk about it and to do other more important things. You actually can do it. It's been four years. Everyone, let's move on, including us. Next topic. (laughs) Um, We discussed it. We celebrated it. And it's since been confirmed. Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas are dating. And Amanda, how was this confirmed to us? This was confirmed on Instagram because Ana de Armas posted the photographs that Ben Affleck took on the beach with his old timey camera. And then Ben Affleck's Instagram, which I still am not convinced has anything to do with Ben Affleck, the person commented on Ana Darmus's post asking for a photo credit. So they have gone quote Instagram public and then Instagram public and Ben Affleck has gone back in time and become 25 years old with his. Yeah. (laughs) They have followed this by they're apparently in uh, self-isolation or social distancing together here in Los Angeles. And they have been taking walks and going to the local Starbucks. And they are, there are new photographs of them most days in a world where there are not a lot of celebrity photographs right now, which is a good thing because take your safety and the safety of others seriously. But Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck still out there. I, I have been flabbergasted by this and there are many things that I'd like to talk about, but the first is that I'd like to talk about the quality of Ben Affleck's photography. (laughs) He's like going for like visco girl, blurry photography or something, or he's just bad and his pictures are blurry. I think he might be one of the worst photographers that has ever been documented that we've ever been able to see the result. It is like they gave a toddler a camera. It's not even art blurry. It's like my guy doesn't know what he's doing. And can we get him an iPhone 11? (laughs) I'm sure he has one. Again, I didn't really understand why he was like on the beach with an old timey photograph. That's kind of when I became like my little spidey sense started tingling of like, they seem a little bit aware of the attention that they're getting. And I'm curious how much they are playing to the awareness that seems to be out there, which you know, the number of paparazzi photographs that have since been taken, the fact that Ben Affleck showed up on Instagram being like, could I get a photo credit? I don't, you know, I think that there are some choices being made here. How about that? I agree. You floated this from the beginning that they might've been staged paparazzi pictures or they were in on it. I think that the willingness to go to the Pacific Palisade Starbucks, which is like, if you have been on that stretch of sunset, it's very obvious which Starbucks it is, makes it clear that they're like, if they're not setting up the photos, they're okay with them. Mm -hmm. So the most recent ones, they're like kissing and doing PDA for the cameras, which again, I think there's, well, you know, on the one hand, paparazzi clearly know where Ben Affleck lives and they have for some time. He has been a paparazzi target for years and years. And I guess they're taking them at a distance. So at some point, if you can only go so many places um, and the paparazzi are still working, which I guess they are, what can you do? But I do think the choice to be like make it out once you see a paparazzi I guess they're not hiding it. How about that? And I don't know why I would expect them to hide it necessarily, except for the fact that we really in the span, 
I mean, it's, it's been quite the 2020, I have to say, but you know, we went from two weeks of Ben Affleck's really solemn press tour and talking about his struggle uh, with substance abuse uh, at great length and the effect that it had on his last marriage and his kids and his concerns and the way back, which I believe you guys can uh, buy or rent on demand. Now, if you want to, I found it a very upsetting watch, but we went from that to like literally that was on a Friday and then on Monday they are on vacation in Havana and then Costa Rica. And now it's everyone's on lockdown and they're just making out like children for the paparazzi. I'm very confused. I'm very confused by it too. Also like they recently flew. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess they don't have, I guess they don't have symptoms, which is good, but yes, the yeah. whole thing is very confusing and Exciting, frankly. I'm glad to have the pictures. I'm happy that they're happy. Confusing, but welcomed. That's where I am with this. I mean, it's tremendous content. And as long as everyone is safe and healthy and, you know, making their own consensual choices, I I feel good. I mean, I can't stop looking at it. I look every day. I don't, I mean, I'm a human being. There's nothing else for me to do. I am really looking forward to, you know, I, I hope the day when we kind of resume business as normal and I can just spend a lot of time getting to know Ana de Armas a bit more and also watching their relationship unfold in public because I, I, they, the fact that they're they're playing it up, they're going public with it. We don't get that that often anymore at this level. So I know I, it's I, I wish them well in in the real sense of of that phrase. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Stay safe, Ben and Anna. Um, let's yeah. move on to some fun social media happenings, which which is like the center of life. I have to say, I've lo- I I log out of Twitter when I am done looking at it, both like I go to sign out both on my desktop and my phone. Like I have to ration my Twitter reading for fear of destabilization so intensely that these things pop up like, and they're exciting. So we're going to go over some good ones, some things that will not make you want to hide in a bunker. Although you probably already are essentially. Um, Okay. Number one, this is about Kirstie Alley. Would you like to explain Amanda? Sure. I'd love to. So I would like to um, credit my sister-in-law, Ruthie, who sent this to me. Uh, but it is from a Twitter user, Alan McAtee, but his his name right now is, or her name is Lizard Queen. And thank you, it's Lizard just, Queen. Thank you. So we're going to go with Lizard Queen. This is credit to the Lizard Queen. Uh, it's a 25 things you don't know about me column from Us Weekly, which I have to say, I have not read Us Weekly in about a year, really ever since their uh, sale to AMI. Um, And I was really dismayed by the last Us Weekly cover that I saw in the grocery store, which I sent to you, which was a picture of Meghan Markle and the queen in the inset. And it was like, you'll never see Archie again, was the headline. And I just really... That's that unnecessary. Picture of Markle was, that picture of Meghan Markle was so photoshopped. It was like very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's rude, and it's not what I'm looking for from my celebrity coverage. What I am looking for from my celebrity coverage is this Kirstie Alley, twenty five things you don't know about me column. And I don't know whether Kirstie Alley is a you know regular reader of this column and just really decided to up the ante, or if this is just kind of how she you know, goes through the day. It could be both, but it's an extraordinary read. I'm just gonna give you number one of the twenty five facts. Uh, it is, I throw up if I eat black eyed peas. 
It's like, is that an allergy? Is that like a gag reflex? What are we talking about here, Kirsty? <laughs> um, th- every single one of them continues at that pace. Uh, some highlights for me include I'm horrified by saltwater crocodiles and have nightmares about them. That's a really good one. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good one. Appreciate, you have to appreciate um, the writing at some point. Oh, totally. I absolutely. She also. <laughs> Uh, some other ones that I also really liked were, I won't go out with men who haven't been married by 45. They're always pervs. Okay. (laughs) She said, I'll only fly if I have a window seat, but I'm terrified when clouds surround the plane and I can't see out. So I usually go in the restroom and cry. It's like, for how long is that permanent? When do you know when to come out? It's so weird. And then, uh, I feel humiliated when I run out of Halloween candy to hand out. That's a really good one. It's great. I appreciate the emotional specificity of it, right? It's not just like I don't, I feel humiliated when I've run out of Halloween candy. It's really self knowledge. Yeah. I have a question. Is she still a Scientologist? I don't know. It seems possible, but she references they don't God mention and, that. Yeah. She said, I think about God a lot and we have a, a good relationship. Okay. That's good. So. Um, 24 is really good. I just like to close on this one. Most plastic surgery gives me the creeps, looks hideous and weirds me out. I've only seen one facelift that was perfect. So I was going to make an appointment with that doctor, but he died two days before I called. Omen? Question mark. Incredible. Kirsty, just incredible. Do you think she texted these to someone one at a time? They actually have the feeling to me of someone walking into her house. I think this was probably done um, pre-social distancing and being like, okay, Kirsty, we got to do 25 things that you don't know about me. And she's doing them off the top of her head. They, <laughs> Looking they around her, her house. house. Yeah. And like re- someone reacting and her being like, oh, I got another one trying to kind of get funnier and funnier. That would be my guess. And then they were just edited very well for, for clarity and concision. Just absolutely incredible. Great work yeah. by all of them. I, lo- I love it. Um, next, moving on to another piece of social media news questions. I don't, I don't know how to classify this, but this is actually a rumor that has been circulating, I think, for a long time. I don't know if it's true. Strictly a rumor. But Kevin T. Porter, who is verified on Twitter, so he's like a real person. He um, hosts the Gilmore Guys podcast, I believe. He tweeted on March 20th, right now we all need a little kindness. You know, like Ellen DeGeneres always talks about. Smiley face, heart emojis. She's also notoriously one of the meanest people alive. Respond to this with the most insane stories you've heard about Ellen being mean, and I'll match everyone with $2 to an LA food bank. And then he got 1,600 replies. Like, 1,600. And people were saying a lot of really, really crazy things about Ellen. And I don't know if any of these are true. They are all just Twitter hearsay. But this is like not the kind of thing that happens very often. Ellen is not disparaged. And as a result, I felt it was newsworthy. Yes, it absolutely is. We should just clarify once again, Karen, Kevin T. Porter is verified, but we are not verifying anything. And these are all rumors. And again, obviously, you know, social media pylons are notable like this ugly can i mean they can get out of hand and they're totally unverifiable and you can't trust things that you read just because they're on your computer screen but it is it's remarkable the number of stories and 
I believe that even Kevin Porter was taken aback by the number of stories. Like his update is, well, this got out of hand. It's now hard to tell which stories are real or not. So I've rounded up to 300 and donated $600. And then he asked people to donate to their local food banks, which if you can, if you're listening to this, please donate to your local food bank as well. Um, it It is true that something like this doesn't happen that often and doesn't immediately get identified as like celebrity bashing or bullying or something else it's interesting the way this has been received it's basically like a whisper network going public and again i like can't confirm everything we can't confirm anything at all we don't know if this is true but right but but it's not how a lot of negative stories about a celebrity would usually be received yeah totally um it's kind of interesting. It's just, it's just, it went, it literally like just took off and I was just really stunned. I also thought it was like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if any of these are true, but sort of like a, a weird way to channel your energy while you're at home, but everyone is making weird choices because they're under a lot of stress. So I'm not going to fault Kevin Porter or Ellen DeGeneres, but I'll just say none of this is confirmed. And yet still kind of a, a weird turn of events on Twitter. I wasn't expecting this. It's really true. And it's also we're like one to two to three weeks in, I think one to two for most people in terms of social distancing and most people's lives, or at least their uh, social lives being played out online or exclusively online. So, you know, this, this happens within 14 days, who knows what we're going to get in the next month to two months. It could go some interesting places. Absolutely. Um, all right. Next, Amanda, let's talk about some celebrity accounts that you're really enjoying. You go first. Okay. So I just, the, the Wade union family for me has been the number one salve in this time. They are, they are self quarantining. They've been doing art projects. They've been doing, you know, basketball or like Papa shot competitions. Sure. They have, they have great, Kavya, who is their very uh, adorable baby. I guess she's like a year old. I hope that wasn't disrespectful to call her a baby. I'm sorry, Kavya. She provides great content and they're really committed to that. So that's my, that's kind of like my family hang that I check in from sure. afar. I also, I also really appreciate uh, Gabrielle Union has just been wearing like pajamas the whole time, which she's been I wearing like to. just onesies the whole time. It's like, like yeah. she's like every morning is Christmas morning in terms of her pajamas. It's pretty dope. Yeah. So they're pretty great. I somehow stumbled upon Mark Wahlberg's TikTok, which is also the same as Mark Wahlberg's Instagram, which is lazy. And I can't say it's good, but I found it pretty fascinating. And then and we'll talk more about it because I think that you have some updates on that space and I don't really want to steal your thunder. And then the last thing that I would recommend is uh, Michael Stipe, the the singer from R.E.M. R.E.M. has been, yeah, which is a very important band to me from my childhood, but he's been doing occasional updates and just kind of encouraging, you know, as many celebrities have been doing selfies and videos and encouraging people to, to stay safe and to take this seriously. I find his like particularly endearing and soothing, um, like the REM Twitter account retweets them. I think you can go to longer versions on michaelstipe.com if that's interesting to you, but I have really enjoyed them. And also the music of REM, which I've been listening a lot to in the last few weeks and 
REM is was a very successful band for a reason. So there we go. Yeah. Um, I finally caved. I downloaded TikTok. And yes. by far the best account is Jessica Alba. Like by far. She's a she's so great. Her kids are cute. She it's a good mix of content, her at work, her dancing at home right now, dancing at home. I just I love the Warren um Alba family. Or sorry, yeah, his last name is Warren, Cash Warren. The the Warren Alba family is so phenomenal. Also, like my college roommate and I, Claudia, have like been obsessed with her and her kids for a long time. So like seeing her kids grown up, I'm just it's just like it's a real mind fuck. I'm just like, oh my God, how is honor this old? It drives it's it's bonkers, but I really enjoy her. I also, I'm like, I'm like, who are these Instagram, these TikTok people that have so many followers? Obviously, I'm very late to this, but I'm just like, this is such a weird, weird world. I don't get it. So I was going to ask because I really, I'm no TikTok expert either. And again, this is just like, we are old as time when we're talking about TikTok like this, but hopefully our audience is also kind of TikTok curious, but not experts either. And if you are an expert and you hate us, well, then this isn't the podcast for you. I'm sorry. But how are you finding your TikTok experience so far? Because I kind of, it felt very Juliet to me. I I like it, but I think the way that the algorithm is for me, it's like all dance videos. So they just get kind of repetitive, but I, I like it. The thing that about it is I can't, be on it while I'm also on like a conference call or like doing actual work, which really limits the amount of time I spend on it. Um, so I'm not like, I'd actually don't see myself getting addicted to it. Like silent phone content is much more deadly to me that uh, let me say that again. Silent phone content is much more addictive to me than like videos with sound. I, obviously I like carve out time for YouTube, but that's like very deliberate. It's not like idle. I'm just going to open this. So I actually don't think I'll be addicted to it, but it's just a really, really weird world and like a weird way of communicating. I don't know. Do you find yourself looking for celebrities or do you find yourself kind of gravitating more towards the dance trends or are you just kind of like, I don't know how this works. Really? Okay. That's dance trends that for sounds, sure. That sounds right. My favorite one is, is the plank challenge to that song. Um, where like, it's like also actually this is really good for the Dobbins Baron household um zach and julie Ertz just started a tiktok account it's pretty cute okay that's great to know so zach Ertz is a, an eagles player and julie Ertz is obviously the tremendous uh u.s soccer women's soccer player. player team Ertz, check them out they're pretty cute they're my second favorite account after alba they're just figuring it out it's pretty funny it's just like they're already a great couple it's very exciting so i'm into them i think I think also if sports were happening, I'd be more into the sports accounts, but it's just, it's just weird. But I have to say, like, I don't love it, which I find to be a relief. Okay. Well, I, you know, I was hoping that you would find something that you love. I also think we should just check in on this situation because I'll I'll report back next week. I'm so into the real housewives of New York season two. Like I'm watching all the old seasons, like my main interest right now. So that's taking up a lot of mind share. It's understandable. (laughs) Um, what else are you watching by the way? So, you know, I've been trying to keep up with some movies for the big picture because, you know, theoretically that's my job, but, um, or one of the parts of my job, but I have been finding it hard to watch new stuff. I, instead of doing real housewives, I've been doing the West wing and I started on season two and now I'm like towards the end of season four, which I don't, did you ever watch the West wing, Juliet? I did not. Okay. I've tried many times and couldn't get into it. 
I do think it's one of those things where it's like I watched it at the time. And so all of the both the Sorkinisms and the like early 2000 network TV of it all is like familiar and comforting to me. It's not a new thing that I have to wrap my head around. It definitely yeah. in a lot of ways feels like a product of early 2000s network TV and also of like early 2000s Democratic Party conventions, which can be a little much if you're not in the right headspace. But anyway, I've seen this show so many times that it feels um, they like feel familiar to me. Like it's like my friends and I find it very comforting, but I'm basically the end of season four is when Aaron Sorkin leaves the show and then they do three more seasons. And it's, I'm really like in the last two episodes before Sorkin leaves the show. And it's really amazing what he does. He just creates like the biggest plot disaster for all of the characters. And then it's like, I'm out and then there are three more seasons where they try to fix it. And I have to say, I'm really looking forward to watching this. I haven't watched the last three seasons, like maybe since they aired and certainly like in 10 years. So I'm, I'm learning a lot. We'll see. Are there any new things that you watched that I should be checking out? Started Tiger King, like everyone else. It's good. I think okay. Tiger King and McMillions are both like good watches right now as, as far as like new stuff. Um, I recommend This Way Up on Hulu. Have you heard about that? No, I don't know what that is. It's executive produced and co-starring Sharon Horgan. It is sort of like, if you like Fleabag, you'll like This Way Up. It's six, like 25 minute episodes. Tobias Menzies is also in it. You know, it's like a messy woman trying to like figure stuff out in London. It's great. It's really easy watching. Check it out. This Way Up on Hulu. It's so bizarre to me that it didn't get more attention. I mean, at this point, obviously, I know why, but it came out in the U.S. a few months ago. I just stumbled on it as a Hulu power user, and I really like it. (laughs) I recommend that. I can't get myself to watch A Million Little Fires or Little Fires Everywhere, whatever it's called. I think that I'm like, I'm good on like kind of these lifestyle dramas right now. I kind of, I can't do it. So yeah, those are my recs. Yeah, I haven't checked it out either. I confess I haven't heard great things. And also I meant to read the book first and still haven't read it. So I guess I should put that on my list. Any book updates? I am still reading the new JK Rowling book, uh, casual vacancy, which I'm enjoying. It's like a little more grown up and serious and like adult drama than, you know, obviously like Harry Potter or even the mystery novels that she writes. So it's, you know, I find that I'm I have been reading it every day, but it's not quite like this escapism, but I don't know. I'm still reading it. It's been a week. I'm doing okay. I did have some recommendations though, for people who are looking for reads and didn't want to read any of the books that we read last week. Let's hit it. All right. So one of them was inspired by my mother. It was very cute on Saturday night. I got a text message from my mom who had gone into my childhood bedroom where there are still a few Agatha Christie mysteries. And she had taken one of the Agatha Christie mysteries that I still had there and is reading it and is really enjoying it. And I realized that I taught, she's reading the seven dials mystery, which she recommends. That's a recommendation from Carolyn Dobbins. But, um, I realized that I talk a lot about Agatha Christie generally, but I never actually give specific recommendations. And so I thought if people were interested, you know, there are the obvious ones like murder on the Orient express. And, and then there were none and death on the Nile, which are kind of her like highest profile mysteries. But if you're looking for, you know, like an album cut, if you will, I have three, which are the first one is evil under the sun, which is set 
on a on a summer island at a summer resort on an island it's like not in the mediterranean because she's british but it's close-ish and that's it's about um a theater star and is is glamorous and fun and it's an Hercule Poirot one there is the ABC murders which is another Hercule Poirot mystery she has a couple detective characters Hercule Poirot being one of them Miss Marple being another and that one is just like a in terms of actually solving the puzzle is a really interesting, intricate one. And then the 450 from Paddington is one of my favorite Miss Marple mysteries. If you're more into a Miss Marple, like old lady sitting in a chair and figuring things out vibe. Um, you know, keep in mind that these are all written in the thirties and forties and fifties and reflect some of, they aren't always the most culturally up-to-date or sensitive. And if that is not your jam, then I really get it. And that's not for you. That's great. But if you, uh, do you find just like basic detective mysteries interesting? I think that they certainly do provide distraction. Um, so I recommend all of those. There are like dozens more if you're into it. If if you're really into it, DM me and we can discuss. That sounds that sound great. You know, I think getting into a series is a good idea right now because you can like mm-hmm. live inside that world essentially. And yeah, that sounds really lovely. Um, I'm so distracted by the Real Housewives of New York. I have no new recommendations. I'll come prepared to some next week, though. Yeah, and you know, I feel like we can do we can do books. We can also. I'm going to check out what's it's the This Way Up. This Way Up is the Hulu Sharon Horgan, and The Way Back is the Ben Affleck basketball yeah. movie. Okay, and then The Way Way Back is a great coming of age comedy with um it's with Sam Rockwell and uh, and Steve Carell and Amanda Peet, I believe. <laughs> oh wow! There you go. It's very- and it's very good. There's a lot of content. Let us know what you're listening to, watching, reading, etc. You know, we're just all sharing recommendations. We will be back next week to do more of that, right? Yes, we will. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you then. 